Hi, hello, and welcome or welcome back to the Kelly Veet podcast. My name is Kelly. So yesterday I had a breakthrough. Surprise, surprise. And I'm still in the rawness of it all. It feels extremely significant to me. And I woke up this morning feeling like a completely different version of myself that can never be taken away from me from this point forward. After realizing and having the moment of clarity that I realized yesterday. And this is kind of what I created this podcast to be, was sharing oftentimes in real time the things that I'm realizing about myself and about life that I really believe have a profound and trajectory-shifting effect on my life. And sometimes I share those breakthroughs that I have months, weeks or months, or sometimes even over a year after I had them, after I had some time to integrate them and actually see the tangible changes that occurred in my life after experiencing the breakthrough. And sometimes I share them with you in real time when I haven't quite figured out what this means for me yet, when I haven't quite seen what changes as a natural byproduct of this breakthrough yet. But I've had enough of these to know that I can't be the same person that I was before I had this breakthrough. Because what a breakthrough really includes is a profound awareness around why I am the way that I am, why I do the things that I do, why I think the way that I do, why I feel the way that I do in certain circumstances, in certain relationships, in certain areas of my life. And that clarity is always being linked back to something that I learned or witnessed or experienced when I was younger that is always going to be rooted in some innocent misunderstandings some things that just plainly aren't true anymore, 
or that never were true. And by being able to recognize that and see the innocence and the misunderstandings of the very things that have been running my present life and determining how I do show up or don't show up or think or feel in certain areas of my life now, it's basically impossible for me to continue to live that way. When my awareness expands, I have to expand the way that I'm showing up with that awareness. It just happens as a natural byproduct of me seeing something that I wasn't seeing before and bringing compassion to it and understanding to it and accepting it, forgiving what hasn't been forgiven, accepting what has never been allowed before. Things just shift as a natural byproduct of that. And I've seen it happen so many times. And I've witnessed myself go through these different cycles with my breakthroughs. And I've been noticing myself go through these cycles for the last two years, consciously, through my awareness. I'm sure they have been existing in my life prior to the last two years, but I just wasn't consciously aware of it like I am now. And these cycles always happen in waves where circumstances in my life will kind of hit a standstill. And things in my life won't be happening the way that I want them to. Things feel stagnant. Things feel stuck. Things feel like they're not going the way that they, quote unquote, should be. Um, and that always throws me for, it throws me into a spiral internally where I start to feel really triggered. I start to feel really unsettled inside of my body, in my mind. A lot of the times it coincides with a decline in my mental health. My, um, I will start to experience a lot more symptoms of depression and anxiety and I'll start to push people away in my life and just feel really nervous and um, like I'm operating out of fear. And that always, always is followed by a wave of massive clarity. And so many breakthroughs to the point where sometimes I'll even have profoundly life-changing breakthroughs 
happening every single day for a period of time. And my best friend and I have gone through these cycles together inside of our friendship. We always seem to be kind of on the same page with this, which is really interesting. And so we've been calling this breakthrough season. And her and I have gone through multiple breakthrough seasons since we became friends only a couple of years ago, not even. And it's just so crazy to be in that experience because it always reveals why circumstances are the way that they are. It always reveals to me why circumstances had to become the opposite of what I thought that I wanted them to be. Why things had to remain stagnant. Why my business had to hit a low or my income had to drop or my inspiration needed to go completely offline and I needed to feel all over the place and not know what I want to do and be scared that I have no idea what I want to do and have sessions with clients where I'm questioning, am I even doing enough for them? And am I even good at this? And, you know, imposter syndrome starts to creep up on me and I'm starting to feel really unsettled inside of my relationships and questioning whether people even want me in their life and and pushing them away because I'm afraid of rejection and seeing myself doing that and getting angry at myself for doing it. And just all of this that happened in the first phase becomes so obvious why it had to happen that way in the second phase, in the breakthrough season. And because of that massive clarity that just hits me left, right, and center all over the place, things inevitably change. Circumstances inevitably change, but they don't change because I try to orchestrate that change. They don't change because I'm egoically trying to control my circumstances. Because I've experienced enough in my life to know that that doesn't work. At least for me. Anytime I'm trying to egoically control the changing of a circumstance, trying to make more money or trying to get more clients or trying to have more safety or or security inside of a relationship or trying to create a relationship or whatever it is from that egoic control place, it never works. It's never worked for me. It usually does the complete opposite, actually. Um, And I've talked about this before in regards to my business, where the more that I actually tried to have success in business, the more my business was inevitably crumbling. And So when I experience this massive clarity, there's always a huge releasing that comes with it. There's always some baggage that I realize I've been carrying that just as a natural byproduct of realizing that I'm carrying it, I let it go. There's always some clarity around a belief that I hold 
that I've been believing in unconsciously, that belief has been completely running my life and determining how I act, how I think, how I feel. And as soon as I see that I'm believing it, I see that it's not true. I see why I developed that belief based on something that I saw when I was a child or experienced when I was a child. But just by me seeing it, I see the innocence and the misunderstanding in it. And it naturally breaks off of me. And there's always a lesson available to me in all of it. There's always something so undeniably divinely orchestrated about the whole thing that gets me connected to something that's so much greater than me or the small me, the egoic me, that tunnels me into a place where I can just surrender and trust. I have no choice to surrender and trust because I see that the egoic controlling aspect of me isn't doing anything for me anyways. And all of that all the natural changes that occur as a result of me letting go and surrendering and releasing and ascending who I am by releasing all of this old baggage, life mirrors me. Life has to mirror me. I think that that is a really huge and important aspect of the law of attraction. I think that the law of attraction goes so far beyond just think positive thoughts and you'll have the positive thing that you want. (laughs) I don't think that that's necessarily true even. And I'm sure that there's some truth to it and it can play out that way sometimes, but What I have realized is I need to release all of the things that are weighing me down so that I can raise my vibration and become an energetic match to the circumstances that I want. I can't attract the circumstances, the income, the business, the relationships, the body, the health, the anything while I'm holding on to all of this baggage that's holding me down. Because those things that I'm trying to create and that I I want to create and attract into my life are vibrating on such a higher frequency than what I am being an energetic match to when I'm holding on to all of this darkness in me. And 
that's not to shame myself for holding on to darkness or to offer to you to shame yourself if you if you're not getting what you want and you're not creating the things that you want to create it's not to put blame on yourself for having baggage that you're holding on to or having darkness inside of you that's blocking you from having what you want I want you to really hear the freedom in that. I want you to really hear that this is good news. That the only thing that blocks us from having what we want is the darkness that we just haven't brought awareness to and acceptance to yet. And in my experience, we always are given the opportunities to see the darkness when we're meant to see the darkness, when it's time for us to release it and heal it. And in my experience, (laughs) and I'm actually really curious to know if this happens for you too, but Life seems to give me these opportunities in such a ridiculous way. Like, it's always so hilarious to me looking back on it and seeing all of the ways that my breakthroughs have been orchestrated. It's almost like life or God or the universe, or my higher self, or source, whatever you you resonate with, and whatever you want to call it, that higher power is so extra, like so extra, to the point where it goes way out of its way to plant seeds for me, in all of these different areas of my life so that I eventually follow the breadcrumbs to the big breakthrough. And I get these little pieces of the breakthrough, either weeks or sometimes months leading up to the big moment where the clarity comes in. And it comes All these little breadcrumbs come in such subtle things and very subtle moments. Like someone in my life saying something to me in passing. And they don't even realize what they've said. I'm not even really sure what they meant by what they said. But there's something inside of me that goes, that's important. I don't know why, but I feel like there's something important about what they just said. So much so that I take it and I hold on to it and it, and it comes to my mind usually multiple times in spontaneous moments where it'll be a week later and I'm cleaning the dishes and I'll just have a thought about, oh yeah, that person said this to me. Why was that so important? What did they mean by that? 
And the same exact thing happens in the content that I'm seeing on social media. I might see a TikTok or a reel or a quote that really stands out to me. And I read it or I watch it multiple times. I'm like, this feels really important. I don't know why, but let me hang on to this. And it's almost like I'm collecting all of these super random puzzle pieces throughout my life. And I have no idea what the puzzle is actually for, what the photo is of the puzzle. I just know that I'm getting all these random puzzle pieces planted in my path. And when I see one and I resonate with it, I take it and I put it in my pocket for later. I don't know why this is turning into a puzzle analogy, but it totally works. Um, And these puzzle pieces even show up in my clients, which I think is the craziest part of it all. I always say that being a coach is the best job in the world because my success as a coach is completely dependent on how deep I go into myself and into my healing and into my own work and my own personal transformation. And one big thing that I have noticed inside of my work with clients is that when there's something that a client is going through, that I am holding them through, that I am not really sure how to support them in it. And I'll kind of give them what I have for them. I'll give them some insight that I'm seeing for them or some ideas that I think could support them in moving through what they're moving through. But there's something about it that feels like I'm trying to convince them of something because I don't feel very secure in helping them what they're, with what they're going through. And when that happens, it's always because it's showing me something about me. And so I have had clients recently who have been demonstrating to me exactly what it is that I was being guided to move through and to heal inside of myself, which is so crazy. (laughs) It's so amazing how that works. And so yesterday was the big moment. And it always happens where it's I'm usually on a walk <laughs> and I'm either listening to something or I'm just listening to, to music and I'm kind of lost in my own thoughts. But my mind ends up going somewhere where it's like the last puzzle piece gets planted and all of the puzzle pieces come together to show me the bigger picture. 
and it's like, oh, <laughs> I get it now. And not always, but sometimes that's followed by a giant release and a cry. And yesterday was definitely one of those days where I had the big, oh, moment while I was on a walk and took my phone out of my pocket and just started voice noting my best friend because I had all of this awareness that was hitting me all at once that I felt like I needed to slow it down and vocalize it in order to really understand and integrate everything that I had just realized was happening. And I sent her like 20 minutes worth of voice notes, no lie. (laughs) That is just our friendship at this point. We do this for each other all the time and it's my favorite part about our friendship shout out Colleen I love you so much um and throughout those 20 minutes of voice notes I was just sobbing while walking totally in public just walking down the road cars were passing people were on their speed walks passing by me just like sobbing into my phone and (laughs) it was the most cathartic and healing experience I love when that happens and I realized so 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 much and not only did I realize it but I loved it I accepted it I brought so much compassion to myself in the realization that I could feel the energy, the darkness, having the opportunity to leave because it was seen and because it felt accepted. It was finally allowed to move up and out of me. And because of that, I feel like a totally different person today. And so the breakthrough, I think this is just becoming a theme now in these podcast episodes where I'll just tell you about the breakthrough for the first 30 minutes. (laughs) And then I'll actually like tell you what the breakthrough was afterwards. But I feel like all of that leading up to it was important. And so I share this with you from a place of not fully knowing what the impact of this is going to be. And I think I have a gift of just naturally feeling okay, airing out my dirty laundry and sharing really vulnerably publicly. A lot of the things that I think societally we've been told we're supposed to hold in and not talk about it because it's shameful or it's wrong or it's too heavy. Um, 
but I don't really feel like that's helpful for me, for you. I want to really use this platform to air out all of my dirty laundry so that anyone who's listening to this, you listening to this, you have the opportunity to see what this is mirroring to you about yourself in your life. Because if you're here, you're here because there's something in this for you. And the way that my breakthroughs are orchestrated through all of those little puzzle pieces, some of those puzzle pieces end up being me watching other people have breakthroughs, whether it's watching Kyle Cease coach people through their breakthroughs or me coach people through their breakthroughs in my in my clients. And it's like I take a little piece of their breakthrough and it ends up being a piece of mine later on. And so this might end up being a puzzle piece for you or it might end up being the big clarity moment for you if you resonate with it really deeply. And either way, I trust that you're listening to this, especially 29 minutes in, for a reason. So grab some tea. (laughs) I have some tea next to me as well. And let me just pour my heart into you. And everything that I rawly experienced yesterday. So the breakthrough was all around this war that I had going on inside of myself. These two competing desires that I held internally. And one of those desires that I had actually repressed so strongly, and I'll tell you why, was that I want to be taken care of. And I never acknowledged that this was a desire that I had because it was wrong, because I'm independent and I don't need anyone to take care of me and I don't want to be codependent on anyone. So I'm the only one that I need and I can take care of myself. And, you know, this is a really, really strong part of my personality is being someone that is totally okay being alone. And I created a world where that was who I am. I built a business to take care of myself. I bought a house when I was 20 years old to prove that I can take care of myself. I went traveling by myself for seven months in foreign countries to prove that I can take care of myself. This has just been such a important piece of my identity is that I don't need anybody 
that I am totally okay by myself. And there were definitely moments in my life where this is extremely isolating. And I've thrown tidbits of it throughout my podcast before of when I was living in Edmonton. I had this three-bedroom townhome and it was just me and my dog living in there. And a lot of the time I wouldn't leave, especially since I started working from home. I would just stay there. I would sometimes have social plans, especially with my best friend Colleen, but before that, even before her and I met, I would just stay in my house for months and I would only leave to go get groceries. And the only social interaction that I was having was with my clients. And I totally convinced myself that I liked that, that that's just how I liked living my life. I created this justification around how like kind of being against codependency, like codependency became a really big word, right? Like everyone's talking about like, oh, you're codependent and you need to not be codependent and that's unhealthy and all of that stuff. And so I latched onto that and I'm like, see, I'm not codependent at all. Like I'm all by myself. I don't need nobody. I'm taking care of myself. I'm paying my bills. I have this house. I have a business. Even when things aren't going okay, I don't need help. I got this. I'll figure it out. I always figure it out. I'll be fine. I don't need to tell anyone that I'm struggling. Like, I'll just deal with it on my own. And when I'm struggling, then I'm just going to like isolate myself more and go within and go into hermit mode and figure it out and heal myself and move through it and overcome it. And that's how I lived my life for so long. And I truly convinced myself that that was healthy because it wasn't codependency. But the thing is, is that I was just on the complete opposite extreme end of codependency, which is just as unhealthy, maybe even more unhealthy than codependency. And so that extreme isolation and um, over-independency was something that I created. I created that identity in response to a childhood need that was never met. And that need that I felt was never met when I was younger was to be taken care of. And it does feel very vulnerable for me to admit that out loud because I didn't have, I guess, what I ever considered to be a traditionally difficult childhood. I definitely struggled a lot 
but it was mostly with inner stuff. I had a lot of insecurity and self-hatred and loneliness that I experienced when I was younger, but I didn't have the types of traumatic life experiences that we typically think of when we think of a hard childhood or a traumatic childhood. And so what was really big for me that I realized yesterday was the ability to really see my childhood self and acknowledge the pain that she was in and acknowledge that it was really, really hard for her. And for the first time, giving myself the permission to acknowledge that I didn't have my needs met. And so when I was growing up, I grew up with a very close family member who deeply struggled with their mental health. And growing up around that had so many effects on me beyond what I really realized until now. And I guess long story short, <laughs> not really, short story long, um, because I had a parent who deeply struggled with their mental health, they were very absent. They were physically there, technically, but they weren't mentally or emotionally there. And the other family member had to make up for the fact that the first family member deeply struggled with their mental health and couldn't maintain a job or couldn't really provide much because of their struggles by working a lot. And so one parent was not there for me mentally or emotionally due to their mental health. And the other one was rarely there physically. And I grew up as an only child, which was always a big pain for me. I always begged my parents to have another sibling um, because I was so lonely. And I also really, really, really struggled making friends when I was younger. I was extremely shy and extremely insecure. And so creating and maintaining friendships was a huge challenge for me. 
And I learned through a lot of little moments that no one was going to support me or take care of me when I was struggling. There were so many times where I would experience something that was extremely painful to me as a child. Something humiliating or devastating. And I didn't have anybody there for me. I didn't have anybody who would let me tell them about it and really hear me. I also learned that my challenges and the pains that I was moving through were just a burden to the people around me. If I expressed something that I was struggling with, with a friend, that friend would very often turn it around on themselves and get defensive or brush it off or convince me that I shouldn't be feeling the way that I'm feeling. And so I learned very quickly that it's not safe for me to share my struggles with my friends. And when I would share my struggles with my family member who struggles with mental health, they would very often tell me to pray about it and kind of leave it at that. And then they would leave and go back to bed. And then the other family member was just so stressed out having to provide for our family and having to be in a household where there was someone who was really struggling and they didn't know how to be around that. This person also didn't have the capacity to support me and care for me in my struggle. And so I learned very young that I have to be there for myself. That I'm the only one that I can depend on. And... You know, that has served me in a lot of ways. It made me very independent. It made me into a business owner and someone who bought a house when she was 20 and someone who doesn't need to desperately get herself into a relationship because she's terrified of being alone. It made me into someone that can travel by herself for seven months into foreign countries. Like... There has been a lot of beautiful parts of the aftermath 
of that childhood struggle. And I can feel that I'm getting into a place where that identity needs to die. The part of me that is so hyper-independent and doesn't receive support from anyone around her and takes on everything by herself. That part of me is just so fucking tired. So tired. And it's been really, really hard for me to operate in that way anymore. I've been finding it extremely hard to show up in my business, to take action on new ideas, or to put my work out there, or to create new income or success. I've been sleeping a lot. And by a lot, I mean, I will be in bed for like 12 hours a day recently. And I've been really struggling with my mental health. I've been feeling really scared over my circumstances, scared that they're never going to change, scared that my income is going to continue to drop or that I'm never going to be able to create success like I did in the past or that everything is going to crash down around me. And even though that fear is there and I'm so terrified of not overcoming this really stagnant, depressing period that I'm in. The part of me that usually jumps in and is like, okay, here we go. Let's take care of this. Let's get to work. Let's be motivated. Let's hustle. Let's work hard. Let's overcome this. That really motivated and independent part of myself just can't jump in anymore. She's too tired. And it's been really, 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 really scary. And I realized yesterday that this motivated, working hard, independent part of me that overcomes things. The overcomer. 
was created as a rebellion to the childhood me that didn't have her needs met, that didn't feel supported, that just wanted so desperately for someone to show her that they cared about her. And she never got that. And so rather than staying in the pain of not having that need met, I created an alter ego of someone who didn't need anybody to meet her needs. She created that alter ego to stop feeling so much pain around other people not caring about her. It's just becoming so impossible to live my life out of that identity, to live my life as the person who doesn't need anybody, to live my life as the person who can only rely on herself. And what I've noticed is that because of this pattern inside of me that I can't rely on other people, I can only rely on myself. When circumstances become challenging, when my business takes a fall, when my income becomes lower, when I don't feel as sharp or as creative or as inspired to be good at my job and to feel really confident inside of the work that I'm doing. When I'm really struggling with my mental health and crippled by doubt, crippled by anxiety, it makes the experience of those things so much scarier because I'm believing in those moments that if I can't overcome this, I am going to end up like what I witnessed when I was a child. If I can't overcome this, no one's going to be there to pick up the slack. If I don't overcome this, I'm going to just deteriorate and not be able to function like the family member that I grew up around 
I won't be able to get out of bed. I won't be able to fend for myself or provide for myself. And if I can't overcome that, then I'm going to become a burden to the people around me. Because no one is going to want to take care of me. And they're going to resent me for it. They're going to wish that they never met me. The fear of being a burden wound is one that I've been aware of for a while now. And it became so much more clear to me yesterday when I was able to acknowledge what I witnessed growing up. And how I became so terrified that I was going to end up being what I saw. And so when I experienced that, I had to be there for myself and that I couldn't rely on other people. It was also coming with the caveat that, and if I mess up, and if I make a mistake, and if I'm struggling or I'm slacking or I'm unable to be there for myself, then I'm going to become a burden. Then people are going to talk badly about me behind my back. Then the people that I thought were supposed to love me are going to resent me. And I'm just going to be wasted space that everyone wishes didn't exist. And so that puts so much pressure on me to have to make sure that I do everything right, that I don't mess up, that I always overcome everything. And so everything in my life down to if my income starts to drop, there was this like fight or flight anxiety of like, oh my God, I need to figure out how to overcome this or anything, any little conflict, any little thing that felt challenging for me to overcome by myself. It was extra terrifying because of that pressure to have to figure it out or else I might become the very thing that I am most terrified of becoming. But the magic is 
that now that I see that, now that I can see this identity that I've created as the overcomer, as the hyper-independent person that doesn't need anybody to take care of her, I can see that that was just created as a fight or flight response to the part of me that just so desperately wanted someone to care about her and to be there for her so that she didn't have to feel so alone in her struggles. I can see the innocence and the misunderstandings that were created and I can see that they're not true anymore. I can see that there are people in my life who care about me and who support me and would be there for me without it being a burden to them. And so acknowledging that feels like a shift in my ability to receive support and love and care from the people around me. Because I was always so terrified of receiving that support. I I always pushed it away physically and internally. I wouldn't let myself fully receive the support of the people around me, even if it was emotional support. I always felt this part of me that if I went to somebody to tell them what I was struggling with, I would dump it on them and then I would immediately freak out and be like, oh my God, I shouldn't have dumped that on them. Oh my God, I wish I could take that back. Oh my God, they probably think that I'm a burden. Oh my God, I need to tell them not to worry about it and that I'm okay and that just change the subject. That is my immediate response to asking for support is to immediately withdraw it because it has never felt safe for me to receive support and care in any way outside of me. And so now that I see that, I can start to acknowledge when my wall comes up and just drill one little baby hole in that wall every so often to just test out stretching the amount that I receive, stretching the support that I receive from those around me and not just defaulting to the old way of putting the wall up and running in the opposite direction from the support that I either asked for or that's just being given to me. And just try to receive it through that little hole that I drilled. And then time after time, 
drilling that hole to be a little bit bigger until I learn and I have evidence to support that I am safe, that I am cared for, and that I don't have to do it all alone. And that if I don't do it all alone, I won't be a burden to the people that are helping me and supporting me and being there for me. So that I can really learn that I don't have to live my life in this very isolated survival of the fittest way anymore. And I think another lesson for me inside of this is learning how I can take care of myself without it being out of survival. Because so much of the action that I took to take care of myself, to provide for myself, whether it was about my body with exercise and nutrition and controlling all of those things with my health or in my business to like do all the business things and invest in all these courses and do all the right things and hustle and work hard to bring in income and just do all of these things that were trying to take care of myself, but I was doing them from a place of, if I don't do this, I'm not going to be safe. If I don't do this, no one is going to be there for me to pick up the slack. If I don't do this, then I'm going to end up in a place where I'm unhelpable where I can't help myself and where the people around me are burdened by the responsibility of taking care of me when they don't want to and then they resent me for it. I get to learn how to simultaneously take care of myself while also receiving the care around me and by acknowledging that I'm supported by the people around me and even beyond that, that I am just infinitely supported, that I'm taken care of, that I don't need to hold it all together, that it's not about my survival anymore. That was just an innocent childhood misunderstanding that was created based on what I had, what I saw, what I experienced. And it served me to interpret my experience of life that way up until now. But now life is graciously ripping me of and robbing me of 
the ability to live my life that same way anymore. It's making it impossible. It's made me so tired that I need to sleep for 12 hours a day. It's taken away all of my creative and inspired ideas on how I can start to build a life for myself again. It's taken away a lot of the things that I thought that I needed in order to be safe. It took away my ability to be able to completely 100% rely on myself. So that I was forced to rely on other people. So that I was forced to gain evidence that it's safe to rely on other people and that I won't be a burden if I do. (sighs) Yeah, that feels complete. Wow. Well, if you're still here, Thank you so much for taking this time out of your day to listen to me ramble. That is absolutely crazy to me. Seriously. Um, I love this work so much. I love getting to share my raw and vulnerable breakthroughs with the world and to get to do this work, to get to move through these sorts of life-altering, trajectory-shifting experiences in my life and to help support and orchestrate these same shifts and breakthroughs inside of the people that I work with. That's why coaching is literally the best job in the world because my ability to provide my clients and the people around me with these sorts of life-altering breakthroughs that have the capacity to completely change one's experience of life is a direct reflection of my ability to do that for myself and this one this breakthrough feels very important extremely extremely life-altering and I just know that I can't be the same person that I was yesterday morning This feels permanently different. And I am so excited to move on my intention to take care of myself without it being rooted in my survival and to receive the support that's around me and to witness what is allowed 
to take place in my life? What am I able to create? What do I get to experience now that I'm not pushing away support and taking care of myself solely for survival? That feels extremely exciting to me. I so look forward to connecting with you over my next breakthrough.